0: Love talk radio All right, y'all. I am here no intro because I'm trying to wait on my girl Juicy to uh get my new intro done so I can put it on the show. So it is a beautiful fall day. It is church with your girl D Scott. I decided that I wanted to switch it up a little bit. And talk about something because, you know, I have to always keep it up with the uh, the current events. So this week, well, today is actually October the 13th, Sunday, October 13th. I started saying the dates because as I go back over the almost 300 shows, sometimes I didn't title them on purpose because I wanted, I wanted to leave my shows as a tribute, as a gift to my son. If I'm ever not around, he can just, you know, click on these links and hear me. And, um... So sometimes I don't label the show. So going forward, I always started after about a couple years on the show. We're going on, we're in five years now, that I wanted to say the dates in them. So I knew exactly what was going on. So the show today is called We Are All Just Clowns. And that comes from a direct quote from the movie Joker, which the star of the film is Joaquin Phoenix. Now, I love the whole Phoenix family, River Phoenix was his brother. Joaquin is the one that played Johnny Cash. So, you know, I already had a specific love for Joaquin Phoenix and he literally bodied this role. Um, people are commenting as to you know, obviously Heath Ledger, not just because he's dead, but because that was an iconic joker, but it was a maniacal joker. And the difference between that Joker and Joaquin Phoenix Joker it, it it's It's two different sides of the same coin, so whereas we see Heath Ledger being maniacal after the fact, the joker actually with Joaquin Phoenix shows how it got there now, in my book, Daniel Lane, a Diary of a Hot Mass available on Amazon and Kindle, I um have the quote, You know, little girls are supposed to be full of sugar and spice and everything nice, but what happens? you know, when things happen and we're full of malice and scorn. And so I I often go back to my psychological roots as far as neuroscience and psychology at Pace University, University of Pittsburgh, and nothing prepares you for the whole nature-nurture debate, which means that, you know, they have some people that they say, oh, this person was born evil. And then they have some people that say, no, this person after a series of events This is what happened. So in the Joker, I think that a lot of people started to develop empathy for people that have mental health issues. Because one of the number one things that I hear people say all the time, and it's so condescending, is, well, why didn't you just get help? Why? Let me tell you something. I have a girlfriend of mine and she's a veteran. Like I'm talking about real veteran, was like in Afghanistan and shit, like blowing shit up, seeing people die, you know, almost died, came home. Uh she's a mother. And I watched her unravel, um, a while ago. And we went to the hospital, the veterans hospital. This is out of state. This isn't where I'm at right now. And I watched her and, and went with her to the hospital. First of all, the earliest appointment that they could get her was a month away. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was three months away. Uh, she was having crisis issue that day, uh, full-blown, probably a manic, depressive attack, uh, and was feeling depressive. She was feeling homicidal, suicidal, all these things at once. They literally offered her to come back and speak to somebody three months later. And then if she sat there for I think it was something perhaps eight hours, that maybe someone might be able to come and have a conversation with her. As far as her medication was concerned, the meds that she were on, and I've specifically told y'all this before, and I said this in my book, they make you sick. And then when they do make you feel better, you'll be going well for a while, and then all of a sudden you're like, I feel great. I don't need to take this. And there's actually a physical part in the movie after he did a killing where the Joker says, they said, are you on meds? And he says, oh, I stopped taking my meds. I feel fine. But he had just killed, you know, X amount of people. I think... Um, Another poignant quote That was in the Joker movie Is when he said You know the hardest part About having a mental illness Is trying to walk around And act like you don't And the actual disorder Like everyone's like There's no way that um, You know this is real And it it really is There is an actual disorder That makes you laugh inappropriately Or cry uh, inappropriately um and unfortunately that usually it's called pseudo bulbar effect and it's a uh, it's a neurologic condition uh, it's called PBA also and it's um uncontrollable laughing or crying uh it usually and this is what i said when i was watching it because i couldn't think of the name of the disorder but it's an actual real disorder um But it usually comes from extreme head trauma, like you had some sort of head trauma. So that's why the only part in the movie that I cried is when they showed the pictures of him as a child um, and what had happened to him. And that's when I broke down crying because I was like, I knew, we're we're not talking about like you fell off your bike and hit your head. We're talking about like somebody took your head and like banged it into a wall repeatedly. That's a, a neurological condition that comes from that. Okay, so... You know, shout out to my alma mater, University of Pittsburgh, for teaching me that. So, unfortunately, the entire backstory on the Joker is abuse, okay? Um, just all the time, just from humans, just from, you know, his own parents, the absence. You know, everybody focused in the Joker on. The Mom Character, and I think what's also important to point out is this also is a scenario that happens when boys grow up without Fathers. you know you guys kind of skipped over that part, and you're you know masculinity trying to blame the mother for the reason that this happened. And so now, because we're looking at him, now we have to look at the mother. How did she end up with mental Or You see what I mean? So mental health is really not just like someone woke up one day and decided to be crazy. It is somewhere else in your lineage, somewhere else in your family. You know, if, if you have an entire family of thieves, you think that that just, you know, just happened? No, it it is something that is in your lineage that you are destined to repeat, whereas mental health issues are biological. These are chemicals. These are cells, right? So the particular portion in there where I cried is because, like I told you, I have such difficulty writing this book, Black Girl's Book of Shadows, because I have to talk about one of my first abusers, or actually my first abuser was my mother, You know, we can sit here, and I love my mother dearly. You know, she's no longer with us, been gone for six years. Um, But we also have to talk about the pain of having to walk around knowing that it was not normal, some of the things that happened within my household. Okay? I can also tell you my mother stayed getting money. I ain't never seen my mother broke. I can also tell you that up until she had my sister uh, close to her 40s, she was bad. My mother was married four times, and some of you brothers can't get married once. So, I don't look at, I always looked at my mother. I never wanted to be like, I didn't have a Beyonce growing up. Yes, rest in peace, Diane Carroll. I thought all these women were beautiful and elegant and classy, but I never wanted to be like any other woman other than my mother. So you can imagine watching the Joker and seeing him idolize his mother and take care of her and nurture her, and then to find out years later that she, in fact, allowed some things to happen. And I think it's important to point out It was a boyfriend It was a whole situation And I really don't care if it's a spoiler alert Because y'all motherfuckers should have been with To go see the movie by now If you were going to fucking see it If you were going to see it You would have saw it already So I don't care about your spoiler alert Okay And being angry Because I'm telling you bits and pieces of the movie That are reflective And very uh, much mimicking What I'm talking about today So in the movie, they also talk about the fact that, you know, two certain people were all clowns. So you think that being black or being Latina and being a woman and being from a certain social economic status, that there aren't people that look at you and look down on you? Is that what you think? You think that you can go buy a 1987, you know, car. That looks new just because it's name brand or you can go to, you know, Plato's Closet, you know, shout out to them and go buy like the best outfits that someone else wore. And you don't think that they know that. You don't think that they know that when we send our kids to their schools that we come from a background that had to get a scholarship or our kid wouldn't be able to attend. Not my issues. I'm just saying things that I hear, right? You don't think that they know that you was a broke ass bitch when you got here, and you don't think that they treat you differently because of that? Get in an argument and see what happens. Get in an argument and see what happens. You know, I I love when people get angry. It's one of my favorite things to see. You know why? Because when people get angry, that's when they start telling the truth. See me, I just tell the truth across across the board. You all got it, and I don't mean truth like in a good way. Like sometimes I may say some shit that you don't like. Like, for example, I was having a conversation the other day, and I said something about a woman's weight. And she asked me, she says, well, what does that have to do with anything? And I said, well, because if I got to be a skinny bitch every time I talk to this particular person, she could be a fat bitch every time I refer to her. It goes both ways, okay? You don't get to call me a skinny bitch or a light-skinned bitch or a long-haired bitch or whatever, and I can't call you a fat, bald-headed bitch. It doesn't work that way. Right? You think that you're, you're, you're protected behind your shield of inadequacies, and that's just not how life works. So because you deem me as being able to better conceal or better function with my mental health history, you think that because I'm, you know, quote, unquote, in corporate America, that you could just talk to people the way that you want to. And you can't. You can't. Because I'm still from off Highland Avenue. Okay, you know, we we had an incident, you know, where I see people that have mental health issues, and and it's, you know, my girlfriend says to me today, she says, you know, you are way nicer than me, and this, this, and this, I said, actually, no, I'm extremely sadistic, and what that means is, is this. If I deem myself to be a God, and this isn't some mental disorder. I don't have any type of God complexes, whatever. I believe that the worship should start. That's why I do this church service. The worship should start within yourself. I don't need to go to a building or a vestibule or a hallway or a staircase or a grave or anything to worship anybody. I don't need to do that when I can do that from my own home. I am the church. You are the church. Whatever you are emulating out into this world, that is your religion. That is your spirituality. Okay? Someone made a post today about Pastor Paula White. And y'all know that I have spoke extensively on Pastor Paula White because in my experience with her, when I was a member of Without Walls Church in Tampa, Florida, when I lived there, uh, my ex-husband and I and my son, we attended there. This is back when it used to be the Canada Dry Building. Y'all have heard me speak about this several times on the show. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe I spoke about it in my first book. And I talk about meeting Pastor Paula in the mall, the mall over there off of, uh, where is it? Over there by Raymond James Stadium. And I have a conversation about meeting her when I was feeling really bad. I was feeling real Miss Sealy. Real Miss Celia-ish, feeling real ugly, real crazy, going through a divorce. It was one of the first times I had attended church on my own without my husband, with my baby. Manny was still, boom, was still in a stroller. And um, I remember being in the mall and being so broke that, you know, I would just eat like a small portion of like Chinese food because I was like so starved because I hadn't eaten that morning, but I made sure my family ate. And so I would just take my son in the stroller, you know, and just walk around with him in the mall because y'all know I'm a fashion addict. I love clothes and just, it would make me happy. Years later, I was able to afford everything in that mall, but just at that time I wasn't. And I remember Pastor Paula coming up to me and she just looked at me and she says, you're so beautiful. And I was like, oh my God, like what? You know, this woman is I don't even think she's five feet tall teeny tiny thing and if you close your eyes she sounds like you're talking to somebody's auntie like a black woman but she's not she's white and her and her husband ran that church and I talk about like how when they were going through their divorce that's not what single-handedly took me away from the church but seeing how she handled that situation with grace and mercy to her husband in front of everybody because he had her fucked up that day he did okay um I always had a respect for her And so I'm reading an article where she – a lot of people didn't know that Pastor Paula has been Donald Trump's uh, advisor, his spiritual advisor, for probably more than 20 years, okay? So long before he ran for president and all that other stuff, I want to say the man might have even came to our church. So, But this is when he was just a reality star. So to see her – speaking on this, and she's, she's remarried. She's not with Pastor Randy anymore. He done, I think, went to jail for embezzlement, whatever. But to watch a church crumble, this is the exact church that I was talking to y'all about, and I said this, and I hope that y'all do take notes and write down shit that I say and be like, oh, she's telling the truth because she said this three years ago, two years ago, nine months ago, okay? So to have a woman that I, and y'all can get mad or whatever you want, Pastor Paula is definitely anointed. Okay, not because she told me I was beautiful that day, but I've watched her emulate spirit. So much like what Ellen DeGeneres was talking about, just because I, you know, don't deal with somebody or don't agree with what somebody says does not mean I hate you. It does not mean that I'm going to take away your gift as X, Y, and Z. I believe Pastor Paula uh, misspoke. By saying something to the effect that Trump was, if you don't, what did she say? If you don't respect Trump, something or another, that's like disrespecting God or something like that. And I'm like, really? But what's funny about that is that a lot of people don't realize that when you are powerful and you are anointed, there are scumbags and scunts, cunts, cunty cunts, and coons that will take advantage of the fact that they know that you have favor. And so what they'll do is they'll attach themselves to you for protection. And what did I tell y'all about that? Didn't I warn y'all that I said you want to really know who you are in the universe or what your rank is? Take a step back from people that are not reciprocating. Take a step back from your relationships that are failing, right? Because if it's you that's holding it up, take a step back. Let's see if the house still stands. Let's see if the house still stands when the foundation is gone. You cannot build your house on sand and think that it's going to stand. It doesn't work that way. So, the way I look at it is when you take yourself out of the picture and you do nothing but prosper and the other person does nothing but suffer, you were the bigger energy in the relationship. Doesn't matter if it's a friendship, doesn't matter if it's a partnership business wise, or if it was your lover. When you realize how powerful you are and that having a mental health condition is just one more you know, stop on the navigation button to where you need to go. Don't you know that almost every person that has been deemed genius also was deemed to have some sort of mental illness or mental health condition? Every composer, every artist, every, you know, professor that discovered this, every philosopher, every saint, all of them were deemed to have some sort of quote-unquote affliction. I take my lumps. And I I keep it moving. Now, I've disclosed to y'all what my diagnosis was, even when I was 19 years old, when I was 12 years old, you know, whatever. And I had a conversation with my brother, and it's so crazy to think of the hell that we come from and to where we are now because, you know, I often say that as a woman, it should not be my job to be able to exist just to endure more shit And I told y'all before in the book that I wrote, saying Elena Diary of a hot mess, that if it weren't for the fact of my divinity, I would hate all men, especially black men, because those are the ones that have put me in the most harm. Those are the ones that have hurt me the most. Those are the ones that have raped people that I know and killed women that I know. But now when you watch the Joker, you'll see that it's white men doing the same thing, too, and white women doing the same thing, too. So we're really, you know, not inclusive as to who I hate. (laughs) You know, I don't hate black men. Let me just put that out there. I love black men. I love them so much I I raised one. I love them so much I married one. But what I'm saying is, as I said, based on my history, I should, Right? So why is it that we let black men get away with saying that they don't fuck with us or they don't date us and this race is better and that race is better, but we don't jump back and let them know? Statistically, it's really y'all that's killing us, right? Now, we have an issue in the Joker where you see him, and I'm going to touch on this. So every almost antagonist in the movie is black. There is a black security guard a black therapist, um, a black girl that was the person of interest. Some people will say that that's racist or whatever, saying that that's his trigger or whatever. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as black people, and if you don't think so, look at the Boston Jean case. Black people are so forgiving. Black people are so nonchalant about trauma. You know why? Because we experience it all the time, every freaking day. Every day. Every day it's a crapshoot, are we going to make it home? I have to teach my son to survive the encounter. It doesn't matter what the encounter is. Survive the encounter, get home, and then I'm fucking taking care of it. I will take care of it. Just get home to me. Just get home. That's what I have to teach my son, whether he's walking around the corner to the store, whether he's going to school, whether he's going to work. I have to teach him to survive the encounter. Okay. Um, in the movie... You see the therapist tell him That they're shutting down the program Why don't you get help, why don't you get help Because they do shit like that I had a therapist once, she was amazing She was older than me, she was a white woman She was very well connected to me She was very specific on what she told me She gave me exercises, things to do Not exercises physically but mentally And just basically read me Like read me for filth every time I went to see her I'm not what they considered a hazard case Because I was a highly functioning person That had mental health issues And, you know, she went on with her life and moved and was transferred to Dallas. And after that, the next therapist that I got months later, um, she was younger than me, probably half my age, didn't know anything. Like she was very enamored with the fact that I'm coming to see her for these disorders and I was not on medication at the time. I did take meds. Remember, I told y'all I took, took meds. And what they do is they cause extreme weight gain or they cause extreme weight loss. In my condition, it was weight loss. So you'll see Joaquin Phoenix adapt that mentality and lost all that weight because not that he was fat, but he was a little thick. Joaquin Phoenix was thick. He says he was husky. And one of the medications, especially the one I took for seizures, um, which helped a different portion of my brain because of the trauma, um, makes you not eat. Like I might consume 600 calories in a day I might not even want to feel food in my mouth I just ate it to sustain just so I can have energy to stay awake and do my job now y'all have to remember that during the time of all this I'm running marathons (laughs) I'm doing all this stuff um to mask the fact that i'm hurting i'm in pain and i'm not dealing with it so when people talk about like this level of healing how was somebody like the joker supposed to heal and i know he's a fictional character but how was he supposed to heal when someone is consistently beating his ass every day every day bothering with him and all he's doing is just trying to be himself how right and so anybody that watched that movie and then all of a sudden now you have an understanding of the medical community and people that are psychopaths and have mental health issues, shame on you. Because like he said, you didn't see us before. You, you only see us when we're killing people. You only see us when we slap the shit out of your kids or, you know, or, or when we show up in court because someone has took shit too far with us. That's the only time you see us. You don't see us when we're in pain. You don't see us when they're beating our ass. You don't see us when they're putting their hands on us. You don't see us when they're switching our therapists, and then this one gets pregnant and now you're without therapy for a month. You don't see us when we have to switch meds and we're already on two, three different medications. You don't see us then. You only see us when we've done something wrong. That's it. That's the only time you see a person that has mental health issues is when they've done something wrong. You know, we had, y'all forget about the Dallas sniper. Nobody talks about him. Black man went off to war, came back home, tried to get help, PTSD, all these other things. He had been warning them. He says, listen, he says, I need help. Y'all are not helping me. This this, is this. He went off the grid for a year. When he saw all the killings and everything that was happening in Dallas, if I'm not mistaken, the sniper was in Dallas, okay, received no help from Veterans Affairs, came home, and he said, you know what? Had an incident. He says, I'm killing everybody that had anything to do with X, Y, and Z that's going on in Dallas right now. And what did he do? When the police marched, when the police marched, what did he do? That motherfucker went on top of a building and sniped and killed the shit out of an entire group of people. And it was funny because we didn't know he was black. That's, you know, I'm not being funny, but that's just not something you would think of a black man to do. It's just be cold and calculated and, you know, just plan all this shit out. No, we think of black men and consider them to just be gangbangers and just go on the street and shoot people at will. That's that's what people think. No, this motherfucker orchestrated a whole situation. And when they caught him and they killed him, somebody had made the comment, and this always stuck with me, and they said, y'all talking about him like he was a regular nigger. They said that was a government-trained assassin that turned on his own government because he felt abandoned by them, not saying what he did is right. Killing anybody is wrong, whether it's a cop or not. Now we see this young lady in Dallas getting murdered in her own goddamn home with her nephew that she was visiting because the neighbor called the police Because a door was open or something This is why I mind My motherfucking business I do not involve the police Even when I was damn near Being murdered myself I don't call the police And a lot of y'all broads can't say that A lot of y'all can't say that Y'all play pity patty with the police Calling the police and then wonder Why your man's under investigation You play pity patty with the police And wonder why he can't get this And you can't get that All of this goes into record. If you can't handle your man yourself, then you need to get a different man. I have had my brushes with the law, but at no time do I have conversations about, you you, you understand what I'm saying, what's going on in my household. Let's deal with the facts. X, Y, and Z happened, you're right, I did that. Okay, and then I'll receive my punishment for that. It don't got nothing to do with nothing else and nobody else. We just watched that on power. Keisha not built for that life. Okay? We also have to start taking a look at our black men that are not being raised and loved on properly. I told you I don't hate y'all. Not anymore. I love y'all. But unfortunately, if loving you means that I have to die, bitch, you can go. And if you watch the Joker, you'll see him in his mind quite psychotically have a relationship with this woman. And so you see, you can't really say that it was always a black person that was ticking him off because it was actually black people that were nurturing him throughout the movie. The dude that he stole the file from, he told him, he said, Man, he tried to show him mercy. He said, Man, I don't want to give you this. I don't I don't I don't want you to see this. He took it anyway. And I thought that was brilliant the way that they did it. But now when it comes time for us to be gangsters There's an issue especially in that courtroom That judge had the nerve to get up and say That the bailiff in the Botham Jean case was searching For contraband in her hair And that if the Assailant was black We wouldn't be outraged Yes we would And you know ma'am I hope that because what y'all did in the courtroom, just all of y'all, was inappropriate. At any rate, like I said, we're we the collective is not upset with the brother or the daddy. You know, they 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 lost a loved one. That's punishment enough. Nobody needs to punish them again. But y'all that see this stuff day in and day out, go hug. You know, go hug Jeffrey Dahmer too. Go hug all them. I think the issue with mental health and the reason that people had such a hard time watching Joker is because, like he said towards the end of the film, he said, if I was laying on the floor, you would walk right over me. You would. He said, you see me every day and you don't say anything. And I think that holds true. You know, I am not the keeper of my man, my child, or anybody in my family's mental illnesses. I'm not the keeper of that. I'm just here to help you understand that it may or may not be your fault, but this is how we navigate. This is just all a part of the navigation. Like when you get in your car and there's a navigation system, not me because my car is old as hell, Um, but we're going to change that. And, um, you know, it's just a a, a part in your navigation. It's just a stop on your navigation. How you get out of that truck stop or how you get off of that exit and decide to keep moving forward is what spirit really wants you to do, and that's what this, this sermon is about today. Mental health is just a stop on your navigation. Yes. Do I believe in, in, in chemicals? Abso-frickin-lutely. You think CBD is going gonna, is gonna to change somebody that has, you know, uh, uh, homicidal and suicidal ideations? Absolutely not. Do I think CBD helps with depression? I absolutely do. I take it in the wintertime. Do I think that these ointments and herbal treatments help with schizophrenia? abso lutely Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You need medication Don't feel like no punk ass bitch Because you gotta go get help But I hope that when you go watch the Joker You start to see how some of these people unravel The people that you laugh at on the train The people that you laugh at on the subway You know what I do to each and every single person That I see if we make eye contact I don't care if you homeless I don't care if you talking to yourself You know what I do? I smile at them I smile at them Hi, how you doing? That's all, it's free, it's free Some of y'all are gonna end up like, oh boy, and I'm just trying to be like, I'm just trying to be like the midget I'm just trying to escape some harsh penalties that might be coming for some of y'all that play with these people You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not a, a, a playground, I, I will never want you to think that you could come around here and play with me Or on me or anything there's consequences for everything. You know, you know, I get sick of people out here functioning and then try to claim mental health later on after you done did some fuck shit, and now because you have to face consequences, now you want to be part of our, our gang. <laughs> now you want to be part of the clique. You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't work like that. Go get help because then I can understand you better when you are diagnosed. The undiagnosed are the ones that we see the most documented. You think Charles Manson was diagnosed with what the fuck he was doing? He absolutely was not. You think Jeffrey Dahmer was diagnosed? No. 98% of your serial killers are out here functioning like that, and they are not diagnosed. Okay? I have dealt with men that are dealing with depression and dealing with, you know, being raped as children and dealing with you know, incarcerations, and then they get out and then have to, like, live in society. I'm dealing with men that have alcohol issues because of trauma that happened when they were three, four, and five, and six years old, and they don't know what it is, but they won't get help because they think they're fine because they're self-medicating. That's all alcohol and drugs is, is self-medication. That's all it is. You not a real G unless you could face your problems without the alcohol or without the drugs. I ain't talking about your psychotropic meds. I'm talking about your your I'm talking about your your actual, you know what I'm saying? If you got to take medication because them voices might start creeping in and it ain't God or whatever god you talk to, Take your medication, but you don't need to be adding Xanax and perks and everything else to numb yourself to not feel the pain because what you're doing is you're staying longer at the exit on your navigation system than you need to be. You're staying at that exit way too long, and some of y'all are never going to get back on the highway and get back into proper poise and on your route to your destination, not your final destination, but where you're supposed to be at in life. Mental health and mental illness, it's just, it's just an exit. That's all it is. It's just an exit on your navigation system. Get your navigation system right so that you can function throughout life because then maybe you can help somebody. Then maybe you can, you can say hello to Alpha. You know. Then maybe you can, you can help your family stop these generational curses. Mental illness is a, is a generational thing that's passed out, not necessarily a curse, because I like to think of mine as a superpower. I have a superpower that states that if you do me or my family member dirty, I can act like I've never seen you before in my life. I think that's strength. I think that's a superpower. It's called invisibility. <laughs> you know, it's called necromancy, that I can bring you back to the dead from the dead whenever I feel like it. I think it's wonderful. But I actually posted a video today because um, happy full moon, y'all a Full moon was last night So some of y'all were agitated or exhausted like I was um, You might be a little bit more um, closer to the moon Than you think, your ascendant, your descendant, your rising, whatever So I posted a video of a little girl dancing And she's out of Brazil She does flamenco And she's outstanding You guys can go on my page, on my Instagram At miss.d.scott You guys can check her out But my thing is this at some point when you're off the exit, you have to take a moment to yourself to allow yourself to feel things. Part of healing and part of your shadow work is feeling things. And it means that you're going to go through your emotions. It means you're going to go through a range of emotions, love, hate, pity, disgust. You're going to be disgusted with yourself. And I had a girlfriend, I just went to see her yesterday. We shared a glass of wine. And she's, she's pretty much almost crippled now for the rest of her life. We're the same age. It was like the third or fourth person I'm seeing like losing either their life or their ability to live life to the fullest in, in the capacity they were living it before. And she said to me that when she got her diagnosis back of what was going on with her body and her spine and, and her, her mental, that she said she took a whole week and she just, she, she soaked. She pitied herself. And I said, but baby, that's Okay. You know, you can't go from being this goddess just out here in the world being gangster and teaching children. She was a teacher and being, you know, a two-salaried household and being this amazing mom and wife to all of a sudden now you're on two sticks, as she calls them, you know, hobbling around the house because you can't walk, right? Right. So you're allowed, in fact, I recommend to feel a range of emotions. You're not a gangster because you walk around like nothing happened to you. You're actually more of a gangster when you take the time to figure out what the fuck is wrong with you so that you don't go out and continuously keep hurting people. Okay, so I posted a video of this little girl dancing because for me it's music, right? For me it's writing, being able to get out that spirit of doubt, that spirit of pity, that spirit of anger and hate, right? So that love can exist within me so I can pour it back and give it to somebody else. Now, y'all know I'm not a love and light bitch. I'm not because I don't believe in that. I believe in order to get to love and light, you got to go through hell and heat first. People that have the most peace usually have been through the most hell. So don't ever look at Sally and Betty Crocker and all these people and think that like their life has been so great sometimes it has but most times those are people that have already been through it and that's why they're able to identify with you you ever see two people and their friends and you're like I don't understand how that works trust me the one that looks like the gothic chick is just living out loud the quiet sweet one is usually the one that's been through the same amount of hell and that's actually where they met was in hell so I posted that video, that little girl dancing. I just hope that you guys all take a minute to feel some things. Smile at people. Smile. Because because to people that have more money than us, unless you're in the top 2% and you're a billion trillionaire, you know. and I even know some billionaires that don't look down on people. Yes, we know billionaires. It's six degrees of separation, and I've told you all before, in my life it's usually only one or two degrees. There's one or two people separating me from anybody in the world that I want to know. That's a fact. But that's because... That's what I manifest. I keep myself in those circles, and I choose to live where I live and do what it is that I do. So in this life, whatever outlet it is for you, as long as it's not drugs and alcohol, and I'm not advising against it totally. What I'm saying is is that if you're using that for anything other than recreation and you're using that to escape your reality, sit down and sit in that pain for a little bit. And then imagine that there's people that walk around like that every day because they're being victimized every day. They're being abused every day. They're being reminded of some bum shit, some old shit, some dirty shit every single day. And that's what we're doing to each other as humans. So if you can't even be a regular human, at least go in your house, turn on the music, dance a little bit, get out, whatever it is that you need to get out, and then try to conduct your day like a civilized human. If you can't have empathy, you can't be a healer. If you don't have empathy, you can't be a bruja, a witch, you can't be a pastor, you can't be any of these things that you down everybody else for. So I would like to leave y'all with a little song that makes me happy, and it's all about the dancing.